0: Hi, and welcome to The Hingham Cast. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. For the last 20 years, I've been a reporter for NECN and NBC Boston, but now I'm telling stories in this new way. We're called The Hingham Cast because we're hyper-local, looking at the pandemic, politics, and everything in between through the lens of one small town, my town. But the issues we're exploring are unfolding in communities across the country, like how and when and how equitably we'll be vaccinated.
1: Hi, guys. What's happening? Happy. What did you make?
0: Maureen Fox, or Miss Moe as she's been affectionately known for decades, visits kids in her pre-K classroom.
2: Everyone count down. Three, two, one.
0: She's the director of Sandcastle's Childcare Center in Hingham. The teachers
3: have really done a wonderful job of making being at school normal and safe and structured. All the things that we know children need in order to thrive. I'm really proud of you
0: guys. When COVID hit, like most businesses, Sandcastle shut down. But reopened just four months later in July.
2: Make sure you have your mask
3: and come to the rug. And the fact of the matter is if I didn't go back to work the school wasn't going to open
0: mm-hmm. for my
3: families and you know not my little fox family but my sandcastles family needed me to show up.
0: Across the country essential workers were hailed as heroes for keeping shelves stocked, grocery stores open, children cared for so parents could work. We got to have more fun than me. You did. You definitely have more fun
3: than me.
0: Does it feel different now or do you feel like that you've been taken care of to the respect of what you've offered?
3: I think in our tiny little sandcastles community, yes, our parents are so very grateful. And I think, you know, the world outside of sandcastles, no, I think people forget that we were one of the first ones to go back. You know, we're one of the only essential workers working with unmasked clients in very close proximity. Mm-hmm. You can't social distance a toddler. You can't expect an infant to wear a mask. So it is. I think people forget, uh, which I guess is what daycare does. It normalizes um, going back to work. We are stimulating the economy in a really quiet way, so it's easy to forget that we're here. What are you
0: buying? According to state data, daycare workers in Massachusetts earn, on average, $15 an hour. One in five are the sole earners for their family, and nearly half support other family members. Almost the entire workforce is female, with nearly a third women of color. When there's a COVID case or close contact, it hits the population particularly hard. Typically, if you have a staff member who
3: um, is exposed, we have to close the classroom, which means, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids without care for at least you know, five to 10 days, depending on what the board of health rules. Um, and then if there's a co-teacher, that co-teacher also has to miss, you know, five to 10 days, depending on on what the, p- the plan is. So it's heartbreaking. You know, we just, we, I just dealt with this a couple weeks ago and I had to, you know, tell them, guess what? You have to use all of your paid sick time and then all of your vacation time, because we don't have funds to pay for COVID related illnesses or absences, unfortunately. So, you know, I have, Two teachers that are starting their year at, you know, they're down by 9 to 14 days already. I'm just checking on all the classrooms make sure everyone's okay.
0: Watching how the vaccine rollout has gone so far in Massachusetts makes Mo worry about when she and her staff could get vaccinated. They are in Phase 2, Group 3, after people 65 and older and residents and staff of low-income and elderly housing. It's the same group as teachers who are pushing for earlier vaccination.
3: So often I find myself saying, what about us? We're here and we're really valuable. I mean, mm. we are what makes your job a little bit easier. We give these kids their first start and we don't have union representation. We don't have an organized group advocating for us. Mm. It's hard to, I don't want to begrudge anybody yeah. their vaccine. I think, you know, for me, I have to try to remember that everybody feels like they should be one of the first ones mm. that I feel like we showed up, we, we, Opened up before anything else. And we're going to be competing for spots with, you know, everyone else, essentially grocery store workers, postal workers. I mean, it's a big group. Yeah, and yeah. I wish they had um, spent some time prioritizing maybe that group. Maybe think about our risk factor and the economic impact it has on everybody if daycares have to close because of COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm very concerned that it's not going to happen anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like a very slow process.
0: I want to take a break here to point you to our page on the Hingham Anchor. You can see photos of our guests to put faces with voices. And we've got links to vaccination information locally and statewide. It's Hinghamanchor.com. Okay, back to our conversation. I want to bring Carleen Pavlos into the conversation now. She is the executive director of the Massachusetts Public Health Association, and they are a nonprofit promoting health equity. Carleen, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Allie. So you can hear Mo Fox worrying about whether or not daycare workers will get vaccinated soon, you know, given the way the state's rollout has gone. Can you understand that concern?
1: Absolutely course, I understand the, the concern about somebody who's working in what is a, a sector of our economy that we have to keep open so that we can keep working, but also a sector where the, she has a lot of exposure. And I think it's shared by many of us that we have seen some some real questions, right, have been raised by the rollout of this vaccine. Real questions. What do you mean? Well, at the very beginning, when the the state the Baker administration released its vaccination plan. The Massachusetts Public Health Association that I represent was very complimentary about the plan. It was one that was very thoughtful. They had pulled together a really excellent, excellent group of experts to help advise them on how to develop a plan that would address some really important factors like how to protect our healthcare system, how to reach populations that have been most impacted by the pandemic. What we haven't seen is the state helping the public understand what the expected timeline would be, how vaccination would roll out, when it might become available, what kinds of vaccination sites might become available, how people, when the time came, were going to be able to um, sign up for slots, letting all of us know that it would be a slow on-ramp as they began to reach older adults. Mm. And then we've seen these enormous, Enormous missteps around equity, right? Like where the vaccination sites are, the an online English and Spanish only portal when not everybody speaks English in the Commonwealth, nor does everybody have very easy access to the internet, nor does everybody have access to a car to get to one of the mass vaccination sites.
0: I mean, it seems like some of the stuff is like, did you not see this coming?
1: I. I I have said some of those very words myself, Allie. I I agree. Now I know that the state has been working madly to address that problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm glad to see that. It the frustration that the that a phone, a call center is the second strategy mm. is just it, it's enormous. The frustration
0: is enormous. I want to ask you a question about, you know. So I'm sitting here at home in Hingham and wondering when I might get vaccinated or my husband or our friends. You know, Hingham opened up um, a vaccination center at at a local church, but they only have, like many other communities, 100 doses a week. So public health so often is addressed at the local level, but there's only so much vaccine to go around and that's going very quickly.
1: So Allie, I think one of the things that you are, your question sort of exposes is that for the last decade or more, there has been a real underinvestment in local public health. Mm -hmm. In terms of what's happening in the pandemic, it is precisely local public health in many of the municipalities across this state that have a lot of experience in running vaccination clinics. Mm -hmm. They have capacity to do so much more vaccination than they are currently being supplied for. It's going to be a struggle for some time. And um, it's one that I think is leaving many local residents like you wondering when and where they are going to be able to access vaccine.
0: Yeah. Do you worry about the way the state is approaching it that people could get left behind? Well, there are lots of ways in, in which I'm worried
1: that people are going to be left behind. I think my one of my greatest concerns is that there has been, up to to date, very little investment in engaging with communities that are hardest hit. And I don't just mean where the vaccination sites are being put across the state, although I do mean that. Mm-hmm. I also mean that we are terribly worried about the access for communities of color and in fact we see that concern um on full display in the data that the the state reports on mm-hmm. who've been vaccinated to date. Yeah. I think one of the most important things for for maybe me to end on is to remind people once again that these vaccines are incredibly safe and they mm-hmm. are incredibly effective, particularly effective in reducing almost eliminating um, severe illness and death. And all of us should be excited when our turn comes to get the vaccine. I can't wait for mine.
0: On that note, next we'll talk with Hingham's Executive Health Officer, Susan Sarney on the challenges she's facing. And we drill down to the details, what you need to know if you're hoping to get your vaccine or a family member's vaccine locally. But first, we want to remind you that we need your support you could please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts that boosts our profile and helps more people find us. Okay, now to Susan Sarney. Susan, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So you had your first vaccination clinic today. How'd it go? Excellent. We uh,
2: inoculated 150 Hingham residents over the age of 75.
0: So how many vaccine doses do you get a week from the state at this point? It
2: changes every week but I believe we'll be getting 100 doses a week.
0: So you had the 100, and did you have some leftover or something from first responders? Yes. Okay. For someone who wasn't there, map it out.
2: It's at the Baptist Church, which is right on Main Street on the corner of Free and High, so it's a great central location. Mm-hmm. has a giant parking lot, too, and it's all one floor. Okay. So what we do is you register on the Hingham website. Mm -hmm. It's a pre-registration because right now the state tells us who we can give the vaccine to.
0: So everyone that's coming at this point is an appointment.
2: Always will be an appointment until the state gives me more vaccines that I could take walk-ins.
0: So first come, first serve in terms of first come to fill out their registration on the website, serve in the clinic.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. So next time you'll take another hundred and whatever you can.
2: Yes. I believe I've had over 500 people. I haven't checked today as of yesterday. The people Mm -hmm. form just went live and then I'll take the next hundred. If I have a hundred doses, I'll get, take the next hundred people until I fill up the clinic.
0: Okay. So I'm going to get nitty gritty. So people really understand exactly what goes on. So literally tell me from there.
2: You drive to the church. We're going to have everybody wait in their cars. And we're just going to give you a time that you can come out of your car. You'll already know your appointment time. So say you're at one o'clock, we're going to give you a card showing one o'clock. There'll be a volunteer there seeing that you're at one, call you in. You're going to come in and there's an additional set of questions that you have to answer per the CDC guidelines in case anything's changed since you registered, if any health issues came up. You have to answer the questions, Mm -hmm. sign your name, and then we'll be having two to three EMTs to give you the vaccine. Once you get the vaccine, you have to wait 15 minutes to see Mm -hmm. if you've had any reaction. We'll give you either a QR code, a website. In the town of Hingham, we've set up a phone number. So if you Mm -hmm. don't have access to the QR or a computer, you can register for your next dose. And then we'll okay. send you on your way.
0: Okay. Now, do you register right there for your next dose or you go home and register?
2: You, can, you have to wait 15 minutes. So some people who have their smartphone with them were able to scan that QR code. And that was my job today is I was having them scan it and have them wait in their car and they can register. Some said, let me go home and do it. Mm-hmm. And then some said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. So then I gave them, we set up a phone number in the town of Hingham, and they can mm-hmm. call and somebody will walk them through registering because they okay. don't want to have a barrier to public health being computer access. So we're right. able to walk anybody through that needs assistance.
0: Do I need to bring ID?
2: We recommend you bring your license.
0: Okay. Does it cost anything or do I need insurance?
2: Great question. It does not cost any out of pocket. There's no fees, no co payment. It's all covered by the United States government. Okay. You ask for insurance if you have it. The town or any CVS, Walgreens can bill your insurance, but that mm-hmm. fee will never be passed on to the resident.
0: Okay. So I should not hesitate to come and get vaccinated if I don't have insurance or I'm worried about any kind of payment.
2: Not at all. It would be free and. In fact, if you don't have insurance, it's still free. If you have insurance, it's it's gonna be free.
0: Okay. Can I bring anyone in with me? Sure.
2: We're a small town and we can accommodate people like that. Okay. We're social distance inside. The Baptist Church is a big setting, so we're able to provide that.
0: So once a hundred doses a week isn't a ton. Is your guidance that if you can get the, the vaccine someplace else, you should? Or what's the guidance in terms of access?
2: We're saying that exactly. If you can go to a mass vaccination site, and we're going to see more and more pop up, the statemask.gov has a website. You can go on there and put in your zip code and see who's offering the vaccine. I would recommend people frequent that website because more and more sites are going to start to pop up. It's okay. Right now, it's Fenway, Foxborough. I know that the Hanover CVS is on there. We are going to see the Marshfield Fairgrounds pop up. Some primary cares are also offering. So the town shouldn't be your only source to get the vaccine. Explore other ways, but the town will also be getting the vaccine. I just receive a limited dose from the state. I was told that there's a federal shipment coming in. Hingham gets Moderna.
0: So I am not a senior citizen. I don't have a comorbidity or something that puts me higher in the list. Is there any value or is it even possible to pre-register at this point when it's not my time, so to speak?
2: Not in the town of Hingham. I'm just having those people who are allowed to get the vaccine by the state register.
0: So... You had 150 vaccines and you administered all of them. When will you get more and how much?
2: I order vaccines every Monday. Then I find out the following weekend. So this weekend I should find out if I'm going to get any at all. Mm -hmm. Some towns might not even get any. Once I know what I'm getting from the state, I'll set up a clinic.
0: Okay, so it's not necessarily that there's going to be a clinic every Tuesday.
2: I wish, no.
0: How hard is this for you, this process?
2: It's very hard. We know I can give out more vaccine than 150 a day.
0: But you don't have them. I don't have it. Yeah. What are our numbers looking like right now?
2: We're looking good. The state releases the data every Thursday at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Last week we were yellow. The week before we were yellow.
0: Remind people what yellow is.
2: Yellow is moderate risk.
0: So, and what does that mean in kind of layman's terms?
2: It means that the prevalence of disease in the town is moderate, mm-hmm. or that color, I should say, is determined by the incident rate mm-hmm. and the town's positivity rate.
0: And we're at a medium. Correct.
2: We still need to be careful we're still seeing community spread. So there's in public health, there's something called herd immunity, Mm -hmm. whether it's a lot of the people have already had COVID Mm -hmm. or a lot of people are already getting the virus. I mean, the vaccine and they can have some kind of immunity. The herd immunity we're looking for is around 60%. So I need 60% of the town's population to either have had COVID or to get the virus, to offer an immunity that would protect the others that haven't had it or cannot get the
0: vaccine. Massachusetts ranks 41st in the nation, the bottom tier of the rankings, for getting vaccines into the arms of residents. The governor acknowledges missteps in the rollout and says they're working to make the process better. But he says Massachusetts also needs more vaccine than the federal government is allocating to us. The feds are pushing vaccine makers to make more faster. And looking to new vaccines to come online to help. In the meantime, we wait, along with Ms. Mo, who is a preschool teacher, through and through.
3: It's been a long, scary journey. Yeah. I just hope that they I hope that they continue to improve and to learn on their mistakes, like everybody else. And again, here comes that phrase leap of faith. But I really think that's what it that's what everything in this pandemic is come coming down to. How are we taking care of each other? How are we supporting each other? And how are we trusting each other?
0: I want to say thank you to our fantastically talented producer-editor Kristen Keefe and to Donna Mavramadis and her terrific team at Mavro Creative for our beautiful website, thehinghamcast.com. And, of course, to you, our listeners. If you've got an episode idea or feedback, head to our website and reach out. I'm Allie Donnelly. Talk to you soon.